When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Before we begin, if you like what you hear on Mile High Report Radio Podcast, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Mile High Report Radio with your hosts, Adam Malnati and Ian St. Clair. Get involved with the Denver Broncos conversation at milehighreport.com. And now it's time to get to work. Well, Ian, we are going to talk about something that we haven't talked about in several years. Uh, we're going to talk about a 1-0 Denver Broncos team, something we haven't experienced since, uh, I believe, 2018. I know that Correct. may not feel like several, but it feels like several, right? It feels like 10. And it didn't help to watch Peyton Manning analyzing Monday Night Football. Yeah, you know you know what really bothered me about that is at the end, he sort of cheered when the Raiders won. That kind of got me a little bit. I didn't, I didn't like that. Maybe that's just, I mean, they got that show and, you know, I don't even want to get into how I felt about the show because it was uh, was rough is what I'm going to say. I think a lot of people were fawning over it, and I just couldn't get into it. But I, I see the potential in it. But my goodness, I, there there were so many mistakes that were made and so many issues. And I think Jess actually said at one point it was like watching a bad Zoom call at times. And I, I kind of felt that. I was like, yeah, having spent an entire school year teaching to a computer screen I think maybe that's why my my reaction was, ah, I don't know that I like this. Could definitely use a producer on site. Like maybe do some dry runs before they do it again. Uh, The thing that I could listen to Peyton Manning do is analyze and dissect plays because that's beyond my intellect level. 
So I, I could do that all day. And it seemed like he dominated the conversation from the bit that I watched. Um, and it, obviously Charles Barkley is happy because he bet the Raiders. So congratulations to Chuck, I guess. Sure. Why not? Yeah. You know, I, I think the thing that was most frustrating about it is Eli on Eli's end, there was tons of technical issues. They ended up having to give him a mic at one point. There was a fire alarm going off at one point. It was just like, it felt like, uh, you remember the early days of our podcast when, when we sounded very garbled and, and, and yeah. just didn't quite have it right. We didn't have a mic. We were doing it like through our iPads. <laughs> it was, it was rough, right? That's what it reminded me of. And then you would have people drop in and just in, in join in the conversation. Like Ray Lewis, just kind of leaning up against like the cushions of his couch, not really caring about what was going on. They really couldn't hear each other. It felt like it, there were too many, too many technical issues for me to really enjoy watching them. And then it was sort of a distraction to the game as well. Cause I would have just rather watched Peyton Manning and Eli Manning break down film and talk about the game as it was being played. And they kind of tried to do some entertaining stuff with that as well. And I don't know. I think they will figure it out, though. I see potential. I see the direction they're going. I think they will figure it out. And I think it'll be fun to watch, just like it was fun to watch the Broncos beat the Giants. It wasn't fun to watch the Raiders beat the Ravens. No, that sucked. It sucked a lot. But I did get my Josh Jacobs touchdown, which helped me win my fantasy league. We can get into this later, but I obviously you don't want to take bad or good after one week because Sam Farmer, the longtime L.A. Times NFL writer, had a great point. Like he remembers the bookends of the Bills beating the Patriots 31 nothing and then the Patriots beating the Bills 31 nothing. Right. It all kind of it all kind of comes around full circle if you're not careful. So, uh, I definitely understand that. But we do get to feel good about ourselves right now in a way that we haven't in a long time and so we're going to we're going to enjoy that and we're going to look ahead. We're going to look ahead to what is going to happen in week two? The Broncos are still on the road. They're off to Duval. And they're going to play That's, Jacksonville. I have to say, that is the dumbest fan chant. I, I, I mean, really? I, I mean, are they just trying to remind themselves that they live in Duval? I mean, really? I mean, that'd be like if you go to a, a university, a Northern Colorado football game, and sitting at Nottingham Field, and you yell out, Weld County. <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, are they going to yell out Jefferson County at Jeff in Field? Cole. <laughs> what is going on? Denver. Like Denver County. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it really? I mean, we know Florida people are, I don't want to make fun of Florida people, but they're typically not on the high end of the intelligence factor here. But You don't really, want to, but you're gonna. I understand. Duval. <laughs> It is a it is a weird sort of like that's a weird thing to latch on to. Like we're going to get excited about the county that we live in. I, do I'm curious do other places do that? Is, or is that that almost feels like an Irish thing. Maybe we need to ask I, I don't know, ask Colum or you know, just is it a, is it an Irish thing? Because the Irish will tell you which county they're from, right? That's kind of a thing that the Irish do. But they're it's, now on the MHR uh, podcast network, the Mile High Report podcast network. Now, Dublin to Denver. Dublin to Denver oh, is such a great name. Check it out. What a great, what a great name. So, so Colin and Michael are, are they've got. They've, I have always been impressed with how they built up the the stuff that they have built up, and now we get to say we work with them. It's very exciting. Work with. Don't them. forget Stewart and Stewart. Yes, and Stewart. I'm sorry, I'm, Stewart. If you're listening, that's my bad. My bad. I apologize. 
anyway, after that tangent. Oh, we digress a little there. So we, we're going to preview this game, but I, I'm, I'm curious, are the Jaguars going to have a head coach? I think that's the million-dollar question at this point because I, I, those who listen to this podcast know the history here. Like uh, Adam Schefter tweeted that there could be uh, rumblings of Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator, becoming a, a potential favorite to be the new Trojans head coach. But is that really going to happen? Because Bieniemy was an absolute disaster when he was the offensive coordinator. And then Mike Bone was the, the athletic director who made the hire. So I, I think the reason we're talking about this is because Urban Meyer is a college coach. He's going to be one of the latest successful college coaches to realize the NFL ain't for me. No matter how great Trevor Lawrence's hair is or how good of a quarterback he eventually turns out to be, the NFL ain't for Urban Meyer. And I think having USC come calling. I I, I am so confused by this. And I, I know maybe I shouldn't be because I feel like this is who Urban Meyer is. And what I mean by that is he's a guy who goes to a place and does some stuff and then leaves and leaves for whatever reason, whether it's because he thinks he's going to be better somewhere else or he wants to spend time with his family or who, who knows what, you know, heart issues. He's had all kinds of, and I'm not, I'm not trying to belittle the man and, and any of the health issues that he had or his desire to stay with his family or whatever it was, but he just feels like a guy who is so restless that he ends up being somewhere for a little while and then he's got to go. And I understand that. But you've now taken on a job coaching in the NFL. You're As you have said about Vic Fangio, one of 32, right? There's not very many guys out there that do it. And instead of like grasping onto the opportunity to have this generational talent in Trevor Lawrence and try and build around him and create a football team in Duval that is, <laughs> you know, maybe that's why he wants to leave. I don't know. But it just feels like that doesn't, I cannot, I can't get to that point. I can't go from point A to point B on this without slamming into several walls and realizing that that's a terrible idea to leave. Maybe at the end of the year, I could see that. You get done after a season, you go, man, this just didn't work out for me. I didn't enjoy this. But week one, week one, you got through week one, and now there's rumblings that, Oh, that Urban Meyer, I think he's eyeing that USC job. What are you doing? It's the only way he could beat Nick Saban. <laughs> That's a possibility. I, in all seriousness, the reason we're talking about this, aside from the fact that USC is like up at the pinnacle for college football, because you have the boosters, you have the money, you have Southern California. But Aunt Becky. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars did not do any favors by not making Urban Meyer available to Denver media because that just feeds the speculation that, ooh, what are they trying to hide? It just feels weird. It feels weird, and it, it kind of puts a weird sort of – casts a weird shadow over the game that I, I don't think it's going to matter. Like, I don't think it will make a difference. Uh, I know that – uh, some people will say, oh, this could be a rallying point for the players and maybe this will help Jacksonville sort of find its identity uh, or it could just be a huge distraction and it will cause the Broncos to just blow them out. I honestly don't think that this particular story will have as much impact on this upcoming game between the Jaguars and the Broncos as 
the next few games, if it continues beyond this, right? If if the Broncos go in and just absolutely just mop the floor with the Jaguars, and we'll talk Which about predictions later because they should, but if they do that, then I think the rumblings get a little louder. Then I think you're going to see, I, I think you're going to see, you know, people start to say, oh, well, Urban Meyer's gone anyway. He doesn't even want to be there. That that makes it louder, right? And I, and I think one of the things I will say here is, is we're getting ready to preview this game. If you're a Denver Bronco fan, that's what you want. Like we want Urban Meyer to leave because he, the Denver Broncos broke him, much like Marcus Mariota and much like Cam Newton before. We want to break people, and the Broncos have done that before. I mean, the reason Ryan Tannehill's the quarterback in Tennessee is because the Denver Broncos destroyed Marcus Mariota's confidence in what he could do as a football player. I will say that I don't think Urban Meyer is going to leave this week, but I I would say I'd I'd be shocked if he finishes the season as the Jaguars coach and doesn't head to USC. Just crazy. But aside from that, the focus is on the Broncos and the Jaguars and the fact that they can start 2-0 for the first time since 2018. Now, as I joked with you before we started recording, hopefully – this season turns out better than 2018. But as we said after the win over the Giants, it's better than the alternative, right? Absolutely. Yeah, without question, it's better than the alternative. And the other thing that we talk, we've talked about here is the potential for what this team could be after the first three weeks of the season. You and I both looked at the first three weeks of the season and predicted a 3-0 and start. And it's essential, this game, in my opinion, is essential to that. Uh, obviously because it's the next game on the schedule. But I think they have a best shot at going 2-1 uh, and one by winning this game than by losing this game and then trying to come back and win at home in the in week three. Not to, not to sort of say that I don't think they can win in week three because I think they will win in week three as well, and now I'm just getting a little ahead of myself. But to get through the first three games of the season and – uh, B three and O is a huge catalyst to what this football team can be moving forward. It's a confidence booster, and I know that uh, one of the things that we did is we went through the schedule and we're like, "Well, we win here, lost there, win here, lost there." And we both came up with like eight or nine wins, right? To me, if they go three and O, which is what I predicted them to do, and then I still ended up at eight wins, that shifts where my head is at. Also, because now you're going to start to see the NFL play out as far as injuries. We've already seen, for example, Ryan Fitzpatrick is injured in Washington. Now, who's their, who's the uh, football team's uh, quarterback going to be? Because they can't pick a name and they can't keep a quarterback healthy. So Cam Newton, <laughs> perhaps Cam Newton, which I, I would welcome that. As uh, we all know, I'm sure Von Miller would love to get a chance to play his son in a football game. It's always fun. So. Will that joke ever get old? Ever? No. No, of course not. Never. Okay, just want to make sure that we're on the same page there. But winning this game, destroying Urban Meyer for all intents and purposes, and then moving on, that's that's going to be huge for the momentum of the season. And I think it's imperative. But I mean, we're going to get into our keys to the game, so I'll just give mine now, is to not let up. One of the things that's held this franchise back the last four years with these four straight losing seasons is playing down to competition. They play up to the competition, and that's what bad teams do. They play up to the competition. They play down to the competition because they don't know who they are. The Broncos need to keep it going. They need to play as well, if not better, than they did against the Giants. Keep it rolling. Don't play down to the Jaguars. Blow them out of the building. And the current spread right now has the Broncos minus six. It opened at DraftKings at minus two and a half. 
So they need to come out and curb stomp the Jaguars. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. And one of the best way they, ways that they can do that, and this is my key to the game, and I guess it's not really a key to the game, but I do think it's one of those things that gets them beyond just an, you know a win, but to something that's more of a, a blowout, like you said, is they need to get a defensive score. It's been too long. And, and maybe that's just me as a fan, and we've talked about the fact that Denver did not have a defensive touchdown in 2020. Not not a pick six, not a scoop and score, nothing. There was there was no defensive score for the Denver Broncos in 2020. This would be a good week to get one of those, to get a pick six, right? To have a, a you know strip sack that results in a scoop and score kind of situation because that's one of those things that is a momentum builder. It is a catalyst to a big win. When you see teams doing that, then you know you're going to get – uh, a, a big score you're going to put up a big number that's something that is a confidence booster for both offensive and defensive side of the football and I'll throw a little addition onto that I would love it if they got something like a blocked punt or a blocked field goal as well something uh, yeah I know not what Tom McMahon I know I said and I know as soon as I even started thinking about saying it I knew I was going to be asking a lot of a Tom McMahon special teams uh group but maybe maybe I think back to Justin Simmons getting the the block on the uh, uh, against the the New Orleans Saints a, a while back, back when he was a rookie, him and Will Parks combined on that for a, a – Gary Kubiak was still the head coach. I back know. Then. Can you believe that? Feels like a long time ago. And it feels like just yesterday, all at the same time. That's amazing how that works, right? But I do think a defensive touchdown, man, a defensive touchdown would, would really be just icing on the cake at this point. So it's my key to the game, but it's really more my key to the blowout. If they're going to blow them out, I want to have something like that on the books as well because it it is one of those things that builds momentum and keeps that going into the next week and I know some people are not fans of you know momentum and moving into the next week and blah 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 no it's there and you carry it with you and a win like they had against the Giants they can carry that into Jacksonville they can get a big win in Jacksonville they can carry that back home for their home opener and I think that's that's a huge way to do things before I get into what the Broncos what I think is imperative that they do on defense. There is some news. Both Jerry Judy and Ronald Darby were put on short-term IR. So they'll miss what, three weeks. Um, Based on multiple reporters on social media, they said that Darby will probably be back sooner than Judy. So I I don't think it's, I mean, obviously you would like them on the field. Obviously you want to be healthy, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal against the Jaguars and the Jets. You would like to get Ronald Darby back against the Ravens, though the Ravens don't have any receivers, so it's who's, who's really he not cover? that big of a deal. Um, but in terms of uh, this game, aside from the fact that they're going to be without Darby and Judy, Tim Lynch had a great key to the game, and I was going to use it if I hadn't used mine, and that's pressure the crap out of Trevor Lawrence. Just hit him pressure him, sack him all game long. And the best way to do that is to make sure the Jaguars don't run and make them one-dimensional. But if they do that, you're going to be able to make life miserable for Trevor Lawrence in Duval County. <laughs> I, I just, I'm hearing Welcome to the Jungle playing over and over in my head. And I, I want him to be I want him to be seeing ghosts. You know, by the end of this game, it would be great to have Trevor Lawrence ducking at nothing because he's so nervous. And I, and there are times we've seen that 
We've seen Andy Dalton duck at ghosts in the past. And Daniel Jones last year, I think I remember, uh, was it, what was the game where he was like diving out of the way of nothing? And, and the same with Sam Darnold when he was with the Jets last year. So if you can get a guy who is so skittish because of what you've done to him throughout the game, completely missing on plays because he thinks he's going to get hit when nobody's there, you as a defense, you have done something that is special. That's a special thing to have happen where you've – terrified a quarterback to the point where he is literally ducking when a shadow goes by because he has no idea where it's where the hit is going to come from and now he's scared I would actually even like to see a game where Trevor Lawrence ends up sitting down on the sidelines like Aaron Rodgers was in week one and just sort of scratching his head like wow I don't know what happened there that was a terrible game because the Denver Broncos put it on him so I think you're right that's a really good one and I'm, I'm glad Tim brought it up because I think that also results in a, in a defensive score in some way. Uh, scoop and score, pick six. I'd love a pick six. A Patrick Sertain, Sertain pick six, right? PS2 to the house and his first start. Ooh, ooh. I just got a little, got a little, that sounded like fun. I, I hope I get to talk about that on uh, Sunday. That, that would be nice. And that actually leads into my player to watch on defense, PS2. The fact just, that Ronald Darby is out. Can I serve that up for you? Can I just, I just here? You may have this. It was it was nice, it, right? I so I I I'd like to see PS2 take take advantage of this opportunity. Obviously, you don't want to see it be given because of an injury, but this is PS2's chance to to step up and and show Broncos country what what they have in the rookie cornerback. Absolutely, I'm going to go with a, with an easy one here, and it's Von Miller. Uh, Von Miller with two sacks in his first game back off of injury. He missed in the, the entire 2020 season, and he looked like he was just in heaven playing football against the New York football giants. And so it was it was fun to watch him play. And so he's my player to watch again because I want to have that same amount of joy again. And he can provide that joy. He can get to the quarterback. He is otherworldly. He looked like old school Von Miller, and it was fun to watch. And I'm going to throw another one in there just for fun because I, I want to do it. I think another way that this defense really is effective is Shelby Harris and the rest of the defensive line getting push up the middle. If you can get a big push up the middle, stopping the run and getting to the quarterback, that that's going to lead to a, a really big game for this Broncos team, field position-wise. Turnover wise, they're gonna they're gonna really be able to take it to Jacksonville in that way. So obviously, watch Von Miller because how much fun do you want to have? A lot of fun. Watch Von Miller, but also Shelby Harris, Draymond Jones, who played a great game against the Giants, I think, and didn't get enough credit probably. Uh, Mike you know, Purcell. Mike Purcell, who welcome back, Mike Purcell, who missed so much time in 2020. I, I even think who was who was Deshaun Williams? Did he have a, he he played well? I mean, it was that whole defensive line against the Giants was good. Can they be good again against Jacksonville? I think so. I mean, we don't even really know what Jacksonville is anymore. What was interesting is a lot of people have been joking about the death by inches mantra when Fangio threw that out at his introductory news conference. But we saw some evidence of that after the Giants game. The Broncos only had five penalties. Vic Fangio said that was too many. And I like that because it shows that the expectations are high. And that is death by inches because more often than not, when you commit a lot of penalties, you're on the losing end. And it's usually stupid penalties. 
So the fact that Fangio has this expectation now that five penalties is too many is great for this football team. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. And that sort of leads us into players to watch on the offensive side. And I'm going to throw out a couple. I'm going to take a couple on this one, but I'm going to throw one out to start, and that's Garrett Bowles. Garrett Bowles and the rest of the offensive line because penalties on the offensive line have a tendency to kill drives. We did not see a lot of that in 2020. We didn't see any of it against the Giants. And if that can continue throughout the season, but especially when in the up, next upcoming game against the Jaguars, that's a game that, that the Broncos should win. So watch Garrett Bowles. He's, he's got his big contract. He's, he's, he's the leader on that offensive line. Now he's a guy who we all said should be gone and then ended up proving us all wrong, which I absolutely love and have no problem with being wrong on that. And so Watch him anchor that line and watch that offensive line continue to play well, protect Teddy Bridgewater, open up some run lanes for Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, and and hopefully make some big things happen on offense. For me, it's Teddy Bridgewater. I want to see if he can string back-to-back great performances together because he played great against the New York Giants. On the road, in that environment, to lead the offense the way that he did, to make the plays that he did when he did it, I want to see that again against Jacksonville. And obviously, as I said at the top, you don't want to make too much after one week. But I think one of the surprises was how badly Houston beat the Jaguars on Sunday. I mean, they dismantled the Jaguars. And if you look at the defense right now, Tyrod Taylor threw for 289 yards. Against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't mean to start laughing, but but Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> when you say that name and it's like, wait, Tyrod Taylor did that? It just sort of made me chuckle. Sorry. And the other aspect that could really help this team is I think how really good the Broncos rushing game could be. Against the Giants, they rushed for 165 yards. Now, obviously, a large chunk of that came from Melvin Gordon's touchdown run. But the Jaguars gave up 160 to the Texans. So there is potential here. I want to see Teddy Bridgewater string back-to-back performances together. I want to see him throw for 300 yards. He has that potential with these weapons, even without Jerry Judy, to have Cortland Sutton, to have Tim Patrick, K.J. Hamler, Noah Fant, Albert Akweg, Bunam. It was great to hear announcers actually say his name right on Sunday. Yeah, they did a nice job. I was impressed. So I, I to me, it's Teddy Bridgewater. I want to see him string back-to-back performances together and back-to-back road performances. Yeah, I like that. You know, and, and the other I – t- I told you I was going to give you two, and you kind of teed me up there, which I appreciate. The other thing we've I'm watching – We've been doing that the whole show so far. Yes, we've been it's, – it's almost like we're back on the on the grind here. We Like we know what we're doing. I, I'm curious to see with the with the Jerry Judy injury because he looked like when he was in that Giants game, he looked like the possession receiver. He looked like the guy who they were going to go to in a big moment, third and long, fourth down. He was he was sort of Teddy Bridgewater's target in those situations. Who's going to step into that role, right? Uh, you had K.J. Hamler with a big drop. That, that hurts confidence in, in what he can do, but I don't think that that's necessarily going to be something they'll shy away from doing, throwing the big bomb down the field. Is it Noah Fant? Is it Albert O? Is, is uh, you know, Tim Patrick going to sort of slide into that possession role? And also with Cortland Sutton, Sutton had a very quiet sort of nothing game against the Giants. Is he going to break out against Jacksonville? 
That all, I think, depends on what Teddy Bridgewater is able to do and who he is comfortable throwing the football to. And with Jerry Judy gone, and it seemed like he was really comfortable throwing the football to Jerry Judy, who's going who's gonna to sort of slot into that spot? And I, I, I can't tell you who I think it's going to be, but that's going to be what I'm watching for is, well, who is he now who is he targeting? Now who is his, his go-to guy in, in tight situations when, he's, when he absolutely needs a catch on third and long or, or fourth down if they go for fourth down as often as they did? I mean, Vic Fangio was just going for fourth down like it was his job. He's like, yeah, fourth down, let's go for it. Sweet. It's like Riverboat Ron. Yeah, he was like, I got this. Oh, nice stop. Was it the meme that Tim shared in, uh, in our Slack channel? Uh, oh, nice stop on third down. Now watch me go for it on fourth. <laughs> It was like, I loved that. I was like, that's exactly what they were doing. So I do like the idea of, okay, who's going to step into that role? Who's going to be the guy that, that Teddy Bridgewater can lean on? Is it going to be somebody out of the backfield like Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams? That will be something to to watch for. Maybe not player to watch, but just sort of part of the game that will be interesting to pay attention to. What was interesting when I was putting my – uh, Broncos Jaguars preview together at playcolorado.com. This betting note, which I find so fascinating. After Sunday's win over the Giants, Teddy Bridgewater is now 22 and 3 against the spread in 25 career road starts. Wow. That is fascinating. 22 and 3 against the spread in 25 career road starts. So if not not to say that that's a lock if you bet the spread and Teddy Bridgewater on Sunday, but just something to keep in mind if you're thinking about placing a bet on Sunday. It's just I'm not one to believe in trends because each week is different, let alone each season. But that is that's fascinating. It certainly feels like a trend, but I don't know that you like you said. I don't know that you can get down with trends, but. Uh... I don't know. I've, I still have to look at my cash out options. I want to see because uh, I have that bet on the Broncos to win the Super Bowl. I'm waiting for that cash out money to go up a little bit before I cash out that bet, just because I feel like, and I, I might be wrong here, but I feel like it's going to go up a little bit more. I'm just trying to get a little bit of money back. All right. Uh, I, I have written down a score prediction here. Just thought I would throw that out there as I have a score prediction written down, uh, but I'm going to let you go first. I'm curious to hear what you have to say. 31 to 10 Broncos. Okay. All right. Well, and you are the guru, right? You are the, uh, you are the Nostradamus of MHR radio right now. You did nail, uh, the score against the giants. So, you know, I'm, I'm, that's probably correct, but also I'll give you what I think is going to happen. I went 34, 17, uh, another garbage time touchdown at the end. I think that, you know, one of those things that you give up points at the end because you don't care anymore. That's obviously what happened against the Giants. I think you'll see it here again against the Jaguars, but 34 points. I feel like the Broncos are going to just start putting up points in these next couple of games because of the teams that they're playing. So uh, we'll see who's right. I don't know if it's going to be you or if it's going to be me, but uh, it'll be somebody. Uh, let's do this. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do a whip around the league. We'll look at what's happening in the NFL, AFC West, kind of check things out, and uh, then we will say go Broncos. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. 
Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Adam, I think the game that is going to be intriguing me the most, mainly because of when the Broncos play this team, is the Ravens and the Chiefs. The fact that the Ravens looked the way they did against the Raiders, and obviously Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson, but as I as I noted earlier, he has no receivers. And what the heck happened to Weak Martindale's defense? Because it wasn't like he was going against John Elway on the two-yard line at old Cleveland Municipal Stadium. He was going against Derek Carr. Yeah, we so when we talked about the season schedule a couple weeks ago now, we both looked at that Ravens game as as sort of a just an automatic L, right? I mean, it was, it was like, well, that's a loss. We'll move on, right? After what we saw the Ravens do against the Raiders, which, let's face it, the Raiders are not a good football team. So, and I and I have no problem saying that. I don't feel bad saying that because I hate the Raiders. You're but also, no, I'm I'm firmly planted next to the the trunk of the tree when I say that. The that could have been. You know, you're traveling. It's Monday night. There's there's a lot of sort of first game in Las Vegas yeah, with fans. A lot of variables there that are sort of non football variables. And a giant Roomba. It just just so much stuff going on there. I like to think of it more as a giant black toilet bowl, but that's you know with the Lloyd with the owner with the Lloyd Christmas haircut. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't own a mirror and he's multi it's a multi billionaire who doesn't needs, own a mirror. Who needs a mirror when you have yes men to tell you that you look just fine? But I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out on 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 a bigger limb and say oh the Ravens are done completely. But they did not look like a team that was going to be any good, and it doesn't get any easier for them. No, because now they've got. And, and I've said this to you before. They don't match up well with the Chiefs. They they really don't. If they look inept against the Chiefs playing at home on Sunday night in a primetime game, so. The Chiefs are traveling to Baltimore, and they can't put it together and at least be competitive because they should they should have never even had to have a struggle with the Raiders. That should have been a blowout game. But again, I'm I'm willing to say there was a lot of other variables that that went into play there. Maybe that's what caused them to not play very well. Was but, it the Bruce Buffer? It's time. It might it might have been, but no, I don't think it was. I think it was more so as you said, no receivers to throw the football to. And then just just the fall draw, right? The fall draw that went around all of that that was just sort of outside of football. But now you're at home on Sunday night. This this is a game they really do need to win. If they're not competitive in this game, that switches that that matchup for the Broncos, in my mind, to a potential win because I think they can beat a team that's struggling like that. I think they have a defense that can do – exactly what they need to do. And I know now I'm talking about something that's happening kind of way off into the future here. But and the Broncos still have to take care of Jacksonville and the Jets. Exactly. There's there's two more games in between there. I've just you can start to kind of see 
where there are cracks that they can that they can expose and the Broncos can do that and it's possible and it, I don't I almost don't even want to talk about it now that I'm saying it because it makes me feel like uh, I'm so far ahead of myself that I'm just setting myself up for disappointment but that game is a very interesting game on the schedule absolutely something interesting to watch for uh, what's another one that that sort of caught your eye obviously the AFC West games Raiders Steelers I mean that goes back to the immaculate reception or deflection whatever I'm still glad the Steelers won that game because I hate the Raiders and all awful things should happen to the Raiders and no Tom Brady did not fumble no the rule said it was a tuck the tuck rule yeah yeah he tucked it it was it was there was it it couldn't have happened to a better organization (laughs) totally agree Uh, so I, I I that'll be an interesting game uh do the Raiders look like they did against the Ravens or is the Steelers defense going to do what the Ravens defense should have. And that's just completely dismantled Derek Carr. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's what they did. I mean, they made Josh Allen did not look good against the Steelers. No, he looked bad. The yeah. bills did not look good against the Steelers. And they I think a large bad. part of that is TJ Watt and that Steelers defense. Scary. It defense. wasn't big Ben. Big Ben was just out there with duct tape and, God knows what else, because he was a shambled version of himself. And, have you ever heard of JB Weld? My my old man used to use JB Weld to put things together. I remember we had a an old Toyota van, and the the the, the rearview mirror, the side rearview mirror, came off, and he used what's called JB Weld to attach it back to the van and it stuck on there. I bet it's still on there today. And I bet if you tried to rip it off, the door would come off of the van the van was like an 84 or five or something, but it was my mom drove it into the garage door. She grew, drove it into the house one time that that van went through some stuff, but <laughs> he used JB weld on it. And I, I feel like that's what's holding Ben Roethlisberger together now is JB weld. Go check it out. Uh, they are not a sponsor of the show, but if they'd like to be, they can certainly send me a check. But I'm telling you, that stuff works. So that that's one game that, and that's the early game, uh, along with the Broncos and Jaguars. So unless you're watching NFL Red Zone, you probably won't be able to watch it, depending on where you're watching. And then the the afternoon game will probably be on Fox or CBS, Cowboys Chargers because it's the Cowboys. I I'm curious to see what the Chargers look like at home. Uh, obviously there will be a lot of Cowboys fans there because there aren't Chargers fans and they're playing in the Rams stadium. So, and what was fascinating to me was the Cowboys defense, despite losing the game actually played pretty well against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. So what do they do against second year quarterback, Justin Herbert? That's a really good point. And, you know, and, and again, I'm, and I'm trying not to get too hyped one way or the other, although I, I am with the Broncos because I'm so excited that they won their first game of the season for the first time in forever. But game one is, is one that you can kind of, you can chalk a loss up to like, you know, the, the, all the variables of, you know, playing on us, playing on the first game of the season on the road, that kind of stuff. And the Cowboys really did hang tough with a, a pretty good Tampa Bay team. So, to a me, really good yeah, I, mean, I mean, I say pretty good as in like, wow, that's a pretty good team. So I think the Cowboys have more than just a shot here. And like you said, there are no real Chargers fans. And so there will be a stadium full of Cowboys fans cheering them on. It'll be like a home game. And no, it won't because there's not a lot of Cowboys fans in, De- in, in Dallas. That's like, true. <laughs> it's so weird. It'll, it'll be like a game 
that they play football against each other. That's the, that's what it'll be. There you go. There, I figured it out. But I do think it'll be one where I, I, I'm not I'm not going to pick a winner necessarily on that. But I have a lot more faith in Dak Prescott and who he is than I do in Justin Herbert and who he is. And that is not to say that Justin Herbert's not going to be a great quarterback because he has the potential to be very good. I just I think I know what Dak Prescott is. He's a guy who's on a mission, and he looks like someone who I wish the Denver Broncos would have drafted instead of Paxton Lynch. And every time I see him, it I get it makes me a little angry because they could have had him, and instead they ended up with Paxton Lynch, uh, and they traded up for him, and it just drives me nuts. And they could have had Dak Prescott. The other games I'm looking at are very different in terms of where they're at after the first week. The Rams and the Colts. The Rams looked really, really good. Really and good. I don't care that they are playing the Bears. They looked really, really good, and especially on offense. And speaking of offenses and defenses that looked really, really good, the Cardinals. I mean, Chandler Jones had five sacks. I mean, he's if your, you're in he's fantasy, your leader right now. And <laughs> if, you, if you're in fantasy and you can get the Cardinals, I can't because we're in a salary cap defense and I don't have the money to get them. Get the Cardinals defense because as much as we rail on Vance Joseph with that amount of talent on that defense, I don't even think he could screw that up. Yeah, I think Vance Joseph actually is a good defensive coordinator. Probably, I, I, you know, some guys are just good at coordinating, and they can't be a head coach. Maybe that's what we've discovered about Vance Joseph. I don't know. I just, I just had that image of that Vance Joseph gif where he's looking at the referee. I'm like, the, the little head, head cocked to the side, little smirk on his face, like, mm, right. And yeah. as I mentioned, the other three teams that I'm looking at, just based on week one results, the Bills going to Miami, who just went on the road to New England and beat the Patriots, host the Bills. So what looks the Bills, so bad. The Bills look really, really bad. That's a, that's a good one. And the Seahawks. Yep. Who the Seahawks just went on the road and beat the Colts. The Titans looked like garbage against the Cardinals, probably because they all had COVID. And yeah, when you're when you're sick, it's garbage. hard to play. Yeah. Speaking of garbage Packers. Oh my lord. What was that? You've been listening to Mile High Report Radio. Get involved in the discussion at milehighreport.com. And as always, go Broncos.